Okay, good morning. I'm Corolla and fashionably timed today. Um, I'm doing the Bible reading this morning. We're going to be starting with Matthew 1. So if you haven't yet turned there, I'll start reading. Matthew 1, 21-22. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And the second reading is from Philippians. Chapter 2, 4 to 11. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Really great to hear the conversation. Do stay for a cup of coffee before you head out for the rest of your day um, in just a few moments after we've gathered together. I wonder what Christmas things you have done this year. Our family went to Civic Park Carols a few weeks back. We got rained on. We got rained on and so then we left. We went home. We watched it online. And we drove back to the roof of TDP for the fireworks. And it was fantastic, actually. And they went, you know, the kids were gasped with astonishment. Bits of the firework came and fell on us, too, because we were, you know, that high off the ground. It was, it was amazing. And then um, the next day, as the kids went to school, they were so eager to tell their friends and teachers that they had got rained on, they sung carols, they stayed up late, they saw their cousins, they saw Christmas lights, they got bits of firework on them. And they saw fireworks and then it was a Sunday night. We never did that on a Sunday night because we stayed up too late and it was just this great joyful moment the next day as they thought back to that night. You see, when there's great joy and excitement, we just bubble over, don't we? We want to share it with others because sharing that joy completes the enjoyment of it. How frustrating to hear a great song, have an excellent meal or have a great experience and then have no one to tell. 
I mean, you can put it online, but it really isn't the same as in saying to someone, guess what, this is so great. And today, many of us, many of you, will spend the day celebrating with food and family, enjoying presents and going for a swim, perhaps. Sharing moments, memories and experiences, that's great stuff. But before we go too deep into the rest of our days, I want to share with you another joy. A joy that I hope you caught a glimpse of in the singing, heard in the Bible reading, saw in the kids' talk. A joy that exists even when Christmas hurts. Even when Christmas is a lonely, frustrating time. A joy that lasts longer, is more exciting and more satisfying than all the bits and pieces of a great day that you can have. A joy that comes from knowing the one Christmas day is all about. And that's Jesus. A joy that includes hope, peace, love, that can be found in him, not under a tree or on a table or even with the best functioning family. And this is why I think Christmas is so great. It's not that we have to have a great day to find joy, it's the reminder that great joy came down to find us. That in the baby Jesus we catch a glimpse of God, what he's up to in the world, and how he invites you and me to come and worship him. You see, at the first Christmas, some wise men, they caught a glimpse of this great joy in God when they saw a star, and this star set them off on a journey in search of a place, looking for a person so they could give worth and express gratitude to this newborn King Jesus. We heard it in our Bible reading. We saw his star and have come to worship him. Now, worship is giving worth and prestige and praise to something or someone. And if you've seen any of the pictures of the Socceroos coming back from Qatar in the World Cup, you'll get a sense of the joy and excitement that people have. Or the kids' faces, they open presents and find out what's under the wrapping paper. Or tomorrow you're anticipating the joy of, of Australia beating South Africa, maybe. Who knows? And for these wise men, you see, they bubbled over with joy and happiness as they comprehended God and what he was up to in this baby Jesus. They didn't get caught up in the star, you see. They realised the rising star was pointing them to the one who'd made all the stars. The one heaven and earth was pointing to and how it's praising him for who he is. And just as our world rings with praise, mothers praising the newborns, praise of the weather and wine, dishes, actors, movies, um, cars, horses and rare coin collections, these wise men are praising and giving worth to King Jesus and they find great joy in doing that. So we have a group of men from a faraway place realising God was up to something in Jesus. Perhaps that's something to think about today for yourself. There's more going on to Christmas than what you think. And I reckon in Jesus you can find and have this mega joy the wise men did. Because Christmas is the reminder that for all the ups and downs, great joy, peace, hope can be found in Jesus. But the good news is Christmas is just the beginning. Let me put to you, the praise of Jesus as a child by these wise men is just a slither, a millimetre of all the worship he will get. And I get that from our second Bible reading, which seems odd to have read at Christmas, but let me explain. And by way of context, in this part of the Bible, the writer begins by saying, as humans, you and me, we have a tendency to look out for our own interests as people. 
Maybe you've seen it this year, navigating the shops or some of the family decisions you have to make. But he says to us, in your relationships with one another, don't look for your own interests, but look for others. Have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. And what is that mindset of Jesus? Well, it's him becoming a human as a baby in his birth. Look at what he says. Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. That phrase, very nature of God, is key to understanding Jesus' attitude. Just consider what the, word Bible, what the Bible means by the word nature God here. I mean, God is unchanging in his being, purposes, purposes and nature. The milk that you put in your coffee this morning has a use-by date. So does a Christmas ham, so does the brandy custard. But God is not like the milk or the brandy custard. There is no use-by date or best before with him. There is no authority over him he has to answer to. He does what he wills, decides what he wants and acts as he wants to. God is perfectly glorious, good, loving, holy, just. No beginning or end. And that's God, right? And then he unleashes his power and glory at Christmas by becoming Jesus to make himself known. So when you read the word Jesus, the very nature of God, it follows on that when Jesus was born, God is now with us. We heard that at the very beginning of the Bible reading. Emmanuel, God with us. You see, Christianity makes the claim Jesus is God. And then you see that emphasised more in verse 6 to 8. Jesus did not consider... Uh, where am I going? There you go. Being, we made a human likeness. Being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, death on a cross. My favourite movie as a child was Aladdin. And in one of the, the scenes of Aladdin, the, the genie pops out the lamp and he says, Phenomenal cosmic power! And then he says, Itty bitty living space! as he's confined to the lamp, right? Or maybe you've seen a contortionist, those incredible artists that squeeze into you know, um, various positions the rest of us would only ever dream about and cringe. But both of those are examples of something big, massive, becoming small, reducing itself willingly, right? And at Christmas, the Bible declares God does that too, but not, not because he is restricting himself, he laid it aside willingly to become a human. Not forced like the genie was. Not unable to move freely like a contortionist who's when they're in that suitcase, they cannot move, right? It's divine capacity restrained, not reduced. God allows himself to be made in the likeness means he willingly accepts the full life of a human. Hardship, isolation, being victimised, Work, friendships, parents, feeling hungry, getting tired. God knows all of that that you face. At Christmas, God becomes relatable as a person, not by observing but by becoming, you see. And then the Christmas story goes on because fully human means Jesus didn't only become born, but he died a human death. Death on a cross, it says. God did not regard himself above death, even a cruel, ugly death like crucifixion. But Christmas goes on because the cross wasn't the end. Therefore, God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that's what the wise men were doing at Christmas, you see, bowing their knees, knowing that while this baby was small, one day he would be exalted. 
And they caught a glimpse of that in Jesus at Christmas. And year after year, the carols and the reading and the nativity, these are a sign, a pointer of God's kindness and grace to you and me. Reminding us, reminding you that as you plod along in life, Christmas is about finding joy in the worship of Jesus. So today, if you can find great joy in the holidays and the sport, the presents, the family, the food, wonderful. But maybe that won't happen. But can I put to you, wherever you are today, whatever you think of Jesus, why not consider those wise men and be like them? Come and find great joy, wrapped up in a swaddle, in a manger, in Jesus. Why not ask that Jesus to fill you with hope and joy, peace and forgiveness? And why not bow your knee to this Jesus this Christmas? Something to think about. Let me pray and then let us stand and sing our next carol, Silent Night. Our great God, thank you so much that you willingly became one of us in Jesus. And at Christmas, we remember especially that moment when your glory is seen in your Son. And that as the wise men came and bowed their knee, you and me, here today, we would consider that you're up to something more in Christmas than what we see, but that in Jesus there is joy, hope, peace and love. And I pray we consider that and we will give our own life once more to you. May you be given the glory. Amen.